0: Welcome to episode 30 of EIU Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Rich Moser. On this week's episode, we visit with former Eastern Illinois women's swimmer, Amanda Boss. Boss earned EIU Athletic Hall of Fame distinction swimming for the Panthers before living around the world with her husband, Matt, also a former EIU swimmer. Boss talks about those experiences and then the opportunity to return to Charleston when Matt became the head swim coach for the Panthers and Boss was hired to work in EIU athletic administration is now working in marketing and sales in corporate America in the pharmaceutical world and catches us up on the journey for her and her family to this point in their lives. Like this episode of EIU Panthers Podcast and want to hear more? Then be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Now available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio Podcast. Simply search EIU Panthers Podcasts. The EIU Panthers podcast are supported by Consolidated Communications. Want to learn more about the future of broadband for your home or business? Then visit consolidated.com today. That's Consolidated Communications, a proud sponsor of EIU Athletics. In EIU Athletics news, several more Panthers teams are getting their seasons revved up as football, baseball, and softball are all slated to begin the season this weekend. At the same time, EIU basketball is in the stretch run of the Ohio Valley Conference season, with two regular season weekends remaining before the conference tournament. EIU track and field hosts its lone indoor meet this weekend, while tennis plays in regional action. To keep up with all the news, stats, and schedules in what is going to be a very busy spring semester, be sure to visit us online at eiupanthers.com for the latest updates. You can also follow us on Twitter at EIU underscore Panthers. Now to this week's episode as we catch up with former Panther swimmer and athletic administrator, Amanda Boss on episode 30 of EIU Panthers podcast. And welcome to another edition of EIU Panthers podcast. We're joined today by Amanda Boss. Amanda was a former swimmer here, but also a former employee at Eastern Illinois. And so we're gonna catch up with her about her career here at Eastern both swimming and working in athletic administration, and then kind of what she has been up to post-EIU. So Amanda, thanks for joining us today.
1: Great to be here.
0: Thanks, Rich. So we talked about that, and you're one of the, I don't want to say rare, because it seems to happen a lot more often, and, and it, it's not unique by any means. People that were an athlete here at Eastern, and then come back and work at Eastern, um, there seems to be something special. I don't want to say in the water, because there's not a lot of water around us, um, that make people you know, have an affinity for Eastern. And so the reason you came back here the second time actually wasn't for you. It was actually for your husband, Matt Bosch, you, who came back to be the swim coach. So when you and him are making that decision, and I know those are family decisions, what mm-hmm. was, what was that conversation like to, to leave where you were at the time to want to come back to Charleston?
1: Sure. That's a, that's a, that's a great question. And and honestly, not one simply answered. I think a lot of it has to do with the incredibly positive experience that Matt and I had while we were student athletes at Eastern. And so he and I swam together from 2007. No, I'm sorry. Goodness gracious. I'm aging myself. <laughs> 1997. How Time Flies, Rich Moser. There you go. Um, So I swam from 97.
0: That's that famous, uh, my wife is going to have a birthday coming here. That's the famous female math where everybody always turns 29.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. So so 1997-01, I swam. Matt was my teammate during three of those years and actually was the grad assistant for my my senior year. And he and I um, left Eastern and had a variety of adventures that um, ultimately culminated in being able to have the opportunity to come back to Eastern when our coach retired. And so Ray Padavan, which is obviously um, an institution when it comes to collegiate swimming coaching, retired in 2007 and that's what led the opportunity to be even available and so Matt had been coaching ever since we left Eastern in vari- in various capacities at the club level and at the collegiate level internationally and it was sort of this perfect timing of that position you know Ray deciding to retire us we were living in Texas we kind of wanted to return back to the midwest I was actually teaching at the time down in South San Antonio and thought I would continue my teaching career in Illinois. It just felt right and and Matt obviously was lucky enough to earn the position. So that's what brought us back to Charleston. And we and and, and I mentioned teaching, that was my intent. My intent was to continue teaching at, in 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 Illinois, you know, in Charleston or whatever community would um, be, uh, be open to, to hiring me that, but the rub was the changing in requirements for teaching in Illinois versus Texas. So they, uh, they, the, the requirements in Illinois required me to potentially go back to school for a year and then student teach. And at that point I was in my late twenties, we were talking about starting a family and it became this, like, is that really what I want to do at this stage? Do I want to just go back to school? And I had loved, While I had absolutely loved teaching in Texas, prior to that, I had spent many years in marketing and sales in the U.S. and internationally, and so the timing couldn't have been better in the sense that there was a development coordinator position open within the athletics department, which allowed me to leverage my previous event coordination, sales, and marketing skills to position myself as a candidate for that, and Barbara Burke made the obviously wise decision to hire me. <laughs> and 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 there you go. So now you've got Matt and Amanda Boss back in Charleston, settling in on Cortland Drive and having an amazing experience. I could talk for hours on on that experience, but that's ultimately what brought us back, Rich, to Charleston.
0: And one of the experiences you talk about there is you, you ended up working for the Panther Club actually in the development office in, in two different positions started as the, the assistant director of development eventually moved up to the assistant AD position in development. And, I, and I'll bring up, we were talking a little bit before we started the podcast, some of the people personalities that you were able to, to meet and interact with in that, that role. One of them, unfortunately um, saddened, Matt Corley passed away a long time, you know, supporter of Eastern Illinois. And you, you mentioned, you kind of remembered mm-hmm. you, you saw that news and kind of remembered an interaction you had had with him. And so, you know, you were able to build those types of relationships in your role in the Panther club.
1: Absolutely. I Matt I'll first, I first, and, and foremost, by far want to start with Mac because so for those, those of the listeners that perhaps don't know um, Matt Corley, he was all university athletics as well as many other um, not-for-profits. He and his wife both were incredibly generous with their time. um, And Mac, was someone who come annual campaign time would command, demand a a stack inches thick of eight and a half by eleven sheets of paper with potential targets to call and ask them to donate back to Eastern Illinois University Athletics. And Mac was Mac was a really interesting man because he wasn't, you know, you would think that someone who gave that much time and he spent hours upon hours and bu- upon hours. And I remember that this is back, you know, this is back in the like the late 2000s when cell phones had um, you paid kind of by the minute. And you had certain plans for the the amount of, of, of time you were going to spend that month. Right. And it wasn't unlimited, limited hours. And so he used to go out and buy a calling card because it was less expensive for him to make his Panther Club calls using the calling card than it was for him to use his cell phone. And so he just kind of personally went above and beyond to say, I am going to, you know, I'm going to invest in my time, but I am an economics professor by trade. And so I know, (laughs) I know about economic trade-offs. And so he, he would come in. He got this monstrous stack of potential donors and he would spend hours upon hours upon hours reconnecting with donors that had given to the Panther Club because of Max, Max, Max reaching out to them year after year after year. And he saw that as a great opportunity to reconnect with people that, you know, the miles have taken them away from away from Charleston but he also was absolutely a dog with a bone when it came to bringing new members into the Panther club. And he would just beam from ear to ear when he would come in and check in with us, you know, whenever it was in the middle of a Wednesday to say, Hey, these are all new members. And then our team would kind of complete this, complete the cycle to, to accept their donation. So Mac is someone that um, his legacy, you know, while he's no longer with us, um, in, you know as an individual as a person his spirit his legacy his contribution will pay dividends to making eastern Illinois, Illinois University athletics what it is um, what it's able to be today because of all of his time and, and contribution and frankly um, it's something that humbles me having been a student athlete having been someone who supported development efforts for a couple of years that, there are these individuals out there that have such a selfless give back spirit to them. And I'm, I will forever be changed, having had the opportunity to, to work very closely with Mac during during the time that I was at Eastern. And then when I left, he called me. So the tables turned. So when, when the road took us away from Charleston, he called me and then we were able to catch up at, at minimum every year when he was calling me to solicit a donation. And yeah,
0: please, please Uh, go ahead. One of the things I was going to ask you about there is in that position and in your position that that you're in now, we'll we'll talk about, catch up with what you're kind of doing now. It sounds like it's all about kind of relationships and those relationships also go with, you know, being a student athlete. And I, I guess, you know, was that kind of, I guess, a driving force behind you when you were in that role of how do you get those former student athletes to reconnect and relive that experience they had here at Eastern.
1: Yeah, that that was a monstrous drive when um, I was there and Marsha Figgins and Joel Morris and our, our 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 team that that was you know John Smith, um, members of the Panther Club Executive Board, people like Mac, people like Jim Erdman, people like Don Yost, those people that were Jeff Schutte really, really close to the program thinking about how do we grow our membership base. And when we looked at the data, we found that the amount of support that Eastern Illinois University Athletics enjoyed from those geographically closest to the campus was very strong. Where our greatest opportunity for growth was was reaching out to past student athletes that over the years may have kind of lost that connection or maybe that connection wasn't as strong as, as it could be. And so our team focused a lot on, hey, how can we set some very specific goals of the percent of student athletes within each sport giving back. And so we created a competition where we kind of tapped into that competitive spirit that drives many athletes and said, all right, it's golf versus tennis versus football versus swimming versus volleyball versus softball and so on. And created a leaderboard that showed percent of student athletes giving back. And in that process, we identified student athletes that were Uh, within that sport and tapped into them to leverage their existing networks to reach out to past teammates to ask them to give back. And then in so doing, there was a lot of investment from uh, the student athletes that were currently playing at Eastern to that were in sports information as a major, or perhaps were in journalism. So we sort of partnered with those student athletes to write stories and to interview their teammates and to kind of bring to life what it meant to be an Eastern Illinois University student athlete at that point in time. And those stories were shared through the fundraising channels to kind of pull that heartstring closer back to Charleston and to make that line of, hey, remember, this is the unique privilege you had as a student athlete. These are the people that are following in your footsteps today. You're still able to contribute to Eastern Illinois success through your contributions and your time. And, and we wanted to make sure the path to do that was very wide open and clear. So yes, there was there was a pretty concerted effort to re-engage those that had already graduated and moved on. And uh, and it was it was it was a lot of fun doing it.
0: Now you can tell that that you enjoyed your time here, you enjoyed your time in that role, but as things happen. Your husband is a coach. Your husband, as you mentioned, Matt, was the, the swim coach here after Ray Padiman. Because of some success he had here at Eastern, he had other opportunities. And, and at the time, it was probably easier for you to pick up and move along and, and follow Matt at, Matt in his career. He ended up getting the job at IUPUI. I guess you told us how difficult it was to maybe or maybe easy it was to come back here to Eastern. How difficult was that conversation you guys were both now employed at your alma mater to take that next step and, you know, to, to give Matt an opportunity to pursue his dreams and then also your dreams.
1: Yeah, it was, it, to say it was tough was, was an understatement. And the reason it was such a tough decision was because of those relationships that we had had the opportunity to create in the community. So talked about math, Mac, people like Jim Erdman, people like Danios, people like Mike Murray that we've talked about that are now, le- and, I, and that just warms my heart, leading the efforts to, to continue to grow those relationships with student-athletes and those that do have a invested have interest in Eastern Illinois athletics success. There's My best friends in my life came from that time that I spent at Eastern with Kim Shudy and Sam Langan, Sam was the head athletic trainer and Kim was the softball coach at the time. We all had kids around the same time. And to this day have, well, now we have zoom calls. We used to get together, but (laughs) now we have have zoom calls to stay connected. But, but, you know, you just sticking with those two ladies for a moment and how close our families became, my best friends lived an hour from, you know, a mile from, from our house. And we, our lives were you know kind of intermingled with eastern athletics socially and um so it wasn't just a job it was a way of living that we were extracting ourselves from and that network of support obviously would would change what 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 ultimately tipped the scale were again going back to family we had our first daughter anniston born at sarah bush lincoln hospital Uh, She was two and my, my parents lived in Indianapolis. They had moved there. And when the IUPUI position opened, it became a question of, hey, we can kind of go and be by my parents during these really exciting times in Anniston's life. And there's a great opportunity for Matt to help to contribute to the success of the IUPUI program. To your point, I'm a little bit malleable from a career perspective. And so that ultimately um, became another reflection on, Hey, what are the skills that I have? And how can we leverage those to go in a completely different direction from an industry perspective? And we can talk about that at some point, but that's, yeah, it wasn't easy, Rich. It wasn't easy. I mean, the, the people in the athletics department, and I'm looking at someone who was monstrously supportive of me and Matt while we were there, but you know, Sandy King and Ben Turner and, the, the coaches from the sports uh, made it feel like a place that we were, we were valued and really enjoyed being. So yeah, it was hard to, to cut that cord.
0: Now you go to IUPUI, you're around family, but as the kids get older and kids, cause you have multiple kids. So we won't, yeah. we won't just, and I'm asking about them and, and kind of some of their sports here shortly. You guys now live in the, the great North. You, we do. You up there. You moved <laughs> up there really to kind of, at, at some point in time to follow maybe an opportunity for you from a career perspective. And now you're, I know you work in the sales industry, I guess, kind of catch people up a little bit on, on what you're doing. And then how did you convince Matt to give up that opportunity <laughs> and, and follow you? And, and I guess how involved, I'm sure he's still involved in swimming, but probably in a much different capacity nowadays.
1: Yeah. Um. So, so what, after we left Eastern, I, I, I actually kind of went towards or gravitated towards the healthcare field and worked for a, a small company that did very important work in colorectal cancer screening. And what my role was was to partner with hospitals in Indiana and Kentucky and Tennessee and to help them establish population-based colorectal cancer screening programs. Um, the experience taught me that that um, having work where I believe in it is something that just drives a fire in my gut and i felt that when i was at eastern and i felt that when i was in diagnostic sales and so spent a couple of years doing that and realized man there's this is an exciting incredibly changing incredibly important incredibly competitive field this is fun and so (laughs) spent a while in that role And then when, to your point, my second daughter showed up, Brinley, a couple of years later, covering three states as a mom with two kids under the age of four, where your husband is a college coach, is really not a great way to uh, invest in a healthy marriage, a healthy work-life balance. And so I switched to the pharma world and supported uh, a portfolio of therapies for Takeda Pharmaceuticals. And my geography was just kind of like plus or minus two hours from our home. So it was incredibly manageable for a while. And then uh, actually through swimming, I was swimming masters and a teammate mentioned a uh, diagnostics company whose North American headquarters were in Indianapolis and that was Roche. And I absolutely have been, um, oh, how do, I, how do I articulate this? I have grown, and been challenged and absolutely loved working for Roche ever since I was fortunate enough for them to bring me onto their team in May of 2015. And the organization, Roche, is the largest uh, biotech company in the world and has several different parts of the organization. We have a diagnostics division, we have a pharmaceutical division, we have a division looking at data transformation and healthcare. And so for someone who has had a variety of different experiences professionally, it really taps into my own career career ADHD in the sense that there's so many different things to focus on, so many different things to learn. And that's what I've absolutely loved about Roche—not just that there's so many, so much opportunity, but that they've invested in me and helped me to to grow and and to help solve some of those healthcare challenges that are are so fascinating to me. So, spent a couple of years in marketing in Indianapolis, and then uh, goodness, two years ago, took a role as what we call a corporate accounts director, supporting two of our key customers that are in the Upper Midwest, and. So we decided that in order for me to be the best support I could be to those, to those customers that a move up here would make sense. And little did I know that for the last year, I would spend a whole lot of time in my basement, not face-to-face with those customers that I have absolutely grown to, you know, adore and respect and, and really enjoy learning how Roche can best support them. And so, yes, it was it was a really tough conver- it was a really tough conversation, a really tough decision to make because now we're taking our two lovely daughters nine hours away from those grandparents that we moved so we could be five minutes away from. Matt did a phenomenal job, you know, growing the IUPUI swimming program from the bottom of the league to the they they had several second place finishes in the league and several third place finishes. And so just did an amazing job transforming that program. And had developed incredible relationships in his own right with his athletes and parents and administrators there. So he, um, I chose well, I guess I would say when we were back in Charleston as high school or as college student athletes, and he's an incredibly supportive husband and saw the passion in my eyes when it came to this this career opportunity and felt like, okay, well, let's, let's go give it a shot. Let's see what life in the upper Midwest is like. And, and he since has found an opportunity with Concordia University, which is a D2 school in St. Paul, Minnesota. And they've never had a swim team before, starting with a women's program, which, you know, starting a program is an uphill battle to begin with. But, you know, start one, they're building, they built a brand new facility, although it was obviously delayed due to COVID and opening. And then there's pandemic-related recruiting challenges, and so you know, he is, is that, that he's still investing a lot in, in building that program, but, but has a lot of great support there to, to bring it to life. And I don't doubt he will.
0: Now uh, I'll touch on swimming there and we'll touch a little bit on family. But you're at both being swimmers and I, my, my son previously swam, he's kind of soured on it as, as he's gotten older, as kids sometimes do, but (laughs) you guys have, have, have two, two children now. And, is swimming in their blood or have they gone an entirely different direction? And if, if, are you okay if they're not swimmers? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we have tried to force
1: it down their throats with a a sincere amount of uh, pressure. However, they have both, um, they have both uh, sort of like kind of pushed away, which of course we understand and are are hundred percent fine with the, our oldest Aniston very early on was like, yeah, mom, hard pass. I'll, I'll, I'll entertain you when it comes to swimming lessons so that I am water safe, which is a non-negotiable, but you know, the moment we tried to dangle, what about this new suit or this new pair of cool goggles? or we can get a cat that has a unicorn on it. Even that didn't get her to, to bite. So Aniston was a runner when we were in, uh, in, a lacrosse player when we lived in Indianapolis. And Brindley, our youngest, we're like, yes, we've got one. She did the team. Um, and believe it or not, when we moved up to Hudson, She kept doing the team and it's coached by an EIU alum, Bob Young, who retired uh, or who graduated about 10 years before us. So there's an EIU alum up here that she can swim with. It's awesome. And then she's like, I'm going to quit and play hockey. (laughs) So the northern sports have sucked both of my girls in. We are now a hockey family, um, which is
0: interesting. Much different attire, much different, much more expensive equipment. Holy monkeys. Yes,
1: (laughs) it really is. But, but it's also, it also feels a little like swimming in that tons of support, tons of parental involvement, very skills-based, right? Like let's focus on the small, the small, like fine tuning is going to make the big difference. And it's, it's not easy. So those kids are, 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 getting comfortable having really sore muscles in, in places they didn't know existed. And, and we're, we're kind of having fun, fun learning what it means to be a hockey parent. So it's, it's a new chapter, but that's what, that's what we're, that's why we moved up here was to have new experiences. So we've got it.
0: That's probably unique to, to you guys. I would think being ingrained in swimming as much as you guys are it's probably good to go learn some new experiences and, you know, be able to not be the know-it-all parent, but instead be the parent oh who's trying to learn information.
1: So true. So true. You're, you're hundred percent right. I have zero value to bring to them in their hockey skills. I, but yet sitting on sitting at the swimming pool and watching what they're doing and, and really biting my tongue to not provide feedback during the ride home was very difficult. (laughs) So, so yeah, but I knew, I mean, I I had learned from that, right? Being a coach and recruiting athletes, you see, you see so many different different styles of parenting kids. And the, it seems that there's a very common trend line amongst parents that are overly involved in the student-athlete's athletics experience that seems to directly correlate with the kid not really enjoying it. So the more involved the parent is, it seemed to have a converse relationship as to how much the child um, enjoyed it. Whereas the converse of, parent keeps themselves in check truly lets the child drive their athletics experience has an inverse relationship where the kid really seems to be passionate about the sport long-term and I'll be honest that's the kind of parents that I had um I, I'll never forget like I was at Eastern and it was like conference my senior year and my mom's like so what's the order of the medley relay and it's just adorable because yeah. I had been swimming at that point for 15 years and All she cared about, my dad was the same. They just cared that I had a smile on my face when I walked off the pool deck and made some fantastic friends doing it and were willing, thank God, to weather the early morning um, alarm clocks and the drives to practices and the many, many miles they put on their vehicles to drive us to big meets as we were, you know, my brother and I were growing up and it I I think about that now when I'm embarking on a hockey parent, uh, kind of, you know, experience because it is, um, it is time consuming. However, the derivatives that I have gleaned from being a swimmer have more than provided a positive impact on my life. And I owe my parents massive gratitude for that. And so, if we can do the same for our girls, it's a pretty big motivation to uh, to to put any any complaining aside and and have fun have fun in the process.
0: Very good. We're going to kind of come full circle here a little bit, and you, you touched about your touched on your career here at Eastern. We we talked before we started the podcast about how in this world of Zoom, people seem to with Facebook, people kind of reconnected, and you just you hit a like on a post that somebody did or or something like that. But under the Zoom technology, it seems that People are craving a little bit for some some contact. You said you kind of reconnected with some former teammates you hadn't talked to, talk to in, a, in a number of years. Have those those conversations brought up a, a memory that you kind of you know hadn't thought about in a while or that kind of maybe sums up what your experience like was at Eastern? Good
1: question. I think, well, partially, you know, marrying a teammate um keeps the swimming memories alive pretty strongly and however um in 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 our in our sort of inner circle if you will with with jason lisitz who was the best man in our wedding um remains a close friend bethany cuvert now brinkworth who was our athletic trainer when i was a student athlete is is one of my best friends Um, and, and that list goes goes on and on. Jason Pyatt, um, Nick Schmidt, who was a teammate of ours, unfortunately passed away 11 years ago, almost 11 years ago. And that, um, that, that, that tie that binds us together from being student-athletes remains incredibly strong. And I'll always be indebted to Ray for giving us that opportunity. Um, however, there are these sparks that happen that you don't expect and that spark uh, that we were talking about earlier with with nelly rosforella was a really really special one for me to have experienced over the last couple of days and nelly um nelly was someone who was in the class with like grant furkelock who is you know i'm going to be talking to next week and and all these just fantastic people that have have remained influencers in the person that i am today but she She's doing. She's launching an amazing book series about um, about kids and and sort of emotional regulation and and sharing how we kind of grow it, you know, grow and develop as children. And it was amazing to connect with her. It's been fifteen years at least, and we found each other on LinkedIn. And it was so wonderful to just like slide right back into that cadence that we enjoyed when we were we were student athletes together, but then also slide right back into that comfort that that experience allowed us to create and allowed us to feel safe with each other. And so we went right to some pretty serious parts of our own backgrounds. And that is something that is unique because of that experience we had had together Um, and that's that's what i that's what i've I've observed and seen it's just sort of this safety this this unique relationship that you you have with people that you had the opportunity to to you know throw a suit on and compete with side by side lane by lane day by day and and travel with that that's pretty special
0: well, Amanda, I do appreciate your time. I know you guys have gotten a lot more snow up there and I would say winter weather, but in, in that part of the country, <laughs> winter weather seems to be normal and it weather seems to be all relative as to where you live being in the we we're the Northern school, so snow we expect, but they're getting a foot of snow down in Tennessee. And I think the, the state may shut down for, you know, six right. Down there. <laughs> so, that's right. That's yeah. right. But it was great catching up with you today. And I do appreciate you being a guest on our Panther podcast.
1: My pleasure, everybody. Go, go
0: Panthers. Thanks, Rich.